0: And uh, let's turn to Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. Happy Thursday. <laughs> yeah? Happy? And uh, tomorrow is Friday. Uh, you guys have, uh, have uh, uh, you know, uh, walked through the trenches early in the morning together. Uh, you know, uh, uh, in person and, and, and for those who are listening online throughout from the beginning. And I uh, just want to encourage you, uh, finish strong Friday. And uh, Saturday, three more nights, three more sleeps. Uh, that's what I tell my kids whenever um, they get excited for something. I tell them three more sleeps, four more sleeps. That's, that's how it makes sense to them. Um, so turn with me to Acts chapter 13 as we continue on in our reading. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manain, who had been brought up from Herod the Tetrarch. tetrarch. And Saul, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work uh, to which I have called them. And after that they fasted and prayed, and then they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So, So Barnabas and Saul, sent forth by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyrus, Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues, and John was with them as their helper. They traveled through the whole island as far as Paphos, where they, were found, where they, fa- where they found a Jewish sorcerer and a false prophet named Bar Jesus, an attendant of the proconsul, Sergius Paulus. The proconsul, a man of intelligence, summoned Barnabas and Saul because he had wanted to hear the word of God. But Olympus, the sorcerer, from that, from that is what his name means, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul from the faith. Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled the Holy Spirit, looked directly at Elymas and said, O child of the devil and enemy of, uh, of all righteousness, you are, you are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the straight ways of the Lord? Now look, the hand of the Lord is against you, and for a time you will be blind and unable to see the light of the sun. Immediately mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about seeking someone to lead him by the hand. When the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed, for he was astonished at the teaching about the Lord. After setting sail from Paphos, Paul and all his companions came to Berga in Pamphylia, where John left them to return to Jerusalem. And from Perga they traveled inland to Pisidian Antioch, where they entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and sat down. After the reading from the law of the prophets, the synagogue leaders sent word to, to them, Brothers, if you have a word of encouragement for the people, please speak. Paul stood up, motioned with his hand, and began to speak. Men of Israel, and and you Gentiles who fear God, listen to me. The God of the people of Israel chose our fathers. He made them into a great people during the stay in Egypt. And with an um, uplifted arm, he led them out of the land. He endured their conduct for about 40 years in the wilderness. And having vanquished seven nations in Canaan, he gave their land to the people as an inheritance. All this took about 450 years. After this, God gave them judges until the time of Samuel, the prophet. Then the people asked for a king, and God gave them 40 years under Saul, son of Kish, from the tribe of Benjamin. After removing Saul, he raised up David as their king and testified about him. I have found David, son of Jesse, as a man after my own heart. He will carry out my will in its entirety. From the descendants of this man, God brought to Israel the Savior Jesus, as he promised. Before the arrival of Jesus, John preached a baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. As John was completing his course, he said, Who do you suppose I am? I am not the one, but he is, uh, he is coming after me, whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. Brothers, children of Abraham, and you Gentiles who fear God, it is to us that this message of salvation has been sent. The people of Jerusalem and their rulers did not recognize Jesus yet, and condemning him, they fulfilled the words of the prophets that are are read every Sabbath. And though they found no ground for a death sentence, they asked Pilate to have him executed. When they had carried out all that was written about him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead, And for many days he he was seen by those who had accompanied him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are are now his witnesses to our people. And now I came to you the good news, what God promised our fathers. He was fulfilled for us, their children, by raising up Jesus, as it is written in the second psalm. You are my son, today I have become your father. In fact, God raised him from the dead, never to to see decay. As he said, I will give you the holy and sure blessings promised to David. So also he he says in another psalm, you will not let your holy one see decay. For when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. His body was buried with his fathers and saw decay. But the one whom God raised from the dead did not see decay. Therefore, let it be known to you, brothers, that through Jesus the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is justified from everything you cannot be justified from by the law of Moses. Watch out then that what was spoken by the prophets does not happen to you. Look, you scoffers, wonder and perish. For I am doing a work in your days that you would never believe, even if someone told you. As Paul and Barnabas were leaving the synagogue, the people urged them to continue this message on the next Sabbath. After the synagogue was dismissed, many of the Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who spoke to them, urged them to continue in the grace of God. On the following Sabbath nearly the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. But when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy, and they blasphemously contradicted what Paul was saying. Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly, It was necessary to speak the word of God to you first. But since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles, for this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles to bring salvation to the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they rejoiced and glorified the word of the Lord, and all who were appointed for eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord spread throughout the region. The Jews, however, incited the religious women of prominence and the leading men of the city. They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of their district, so they shook the dust off their feet in protest against them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Uh, one of the first things I want you to notice: two, two things. Uh, we'll talk about several things, but two things uh, right off the bat. It ends uh, these fifty verses. I think it's the most verses I've ever read in one sitting. Fifty verses ends with 52. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Uh, In the very beginning of this chapter, uh, in verse 2, it says, While they were worshiping the Lord, fasting, the Holy Spirit said... And then in verse 4, they were sent forth by the Holy Spirit. And then verse 9, it says, They were filled by the Holy Spirit and the hand of the Lord... Uh, I want you to see just the prominence of the activity. You know, it's called the Book of Acts. It's been referred to as the Acts of the Apostles, but really it's the Acts of the Holy Spirit. These are just normal men that that even when with Jesus had flipped and flopped and said the wrong thing and done the wrong thing, and had all dispersed because they were all terrified and afraid of man, even at the point of, uh, uh, you know, our Lord's crucifixion. And then in the Book of Acts... You have these men filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is no longer present. And yet somehow they're even more powerful. They're even more uh, uh, passionate. They're willing to, you know, All of them are willing to give their lives. What's going on? It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is moving and leading and living through them. And so this is God's design. God's design ultimately... Every single one of us, when you say "You believe in God," when you say "Jesus come into my life it 's not just some you know Christian lingo and, and it sounds nice and you know jesus close to my heart it, it 's a reality that God dwells in you, that the Holy Spirit lives in you, that the Holy Spirit is a seal and a promise for your salvation eternally forever, but it 's also uh, uh, you know the mind of Christ, the Word of Christ, the presence of God. In our hearts that permeates the way we see things that permeates the way we think and the Holy Spirit should have a hand in our lives directing us and guiding us through all circumstances all situations and all seasons of our life and even in this one chapter there's like you know ups and downs you know people are accepting them and the people are uh, uh, judging them and and, and and you know pushing them out and all this being led in the Spirit uh, church, we need to be led in the spirit. In 2021, if you guys listen to the message uh, that Pastor Sam closed out with last uh, Saturday night, you know, o- over our conference, uh, the onus, the whole point of it was in 2020, he felt so much like uh, he was just reacting and responding, like everything was just being, you know, every month or every quarter, you know, whether it was a, a, a the virus, whether it was, a, a, you know, global events. Uh, whether it was the government you know, in Hong Kong, he just felt like like he was just responding. You know, Anything that was happening, it was, just, it was just reactionary. And so his goal for 2021 was he wanted to be led in the Spirit. He wanted to be led by God and, and not be so reactionary, not, not be so, so carnal in the flesh. And so uh, he shared with us that he has started fa- uh, fasting 40 days. He started on the, I think it was the 14th of December, all the way through and, and, and breaking in the next few days. Um, church, we need guidance, especially in, in you know coming off of last year, coming into this year, and you know, I'm already getting a lot of uh, uh, people and a lot of concerns. You know, people are already fatigued. You know, last year was so tiring. Uh, uh, you know, the December holidays didn't really feel like a holiday or a break. Uh, uh, you know, people weren't able to really unplug or, or or recharge to some regard, and so there's already a little bit of uh, low energy, a lot of you know uh, uh, going into the new year, and I have to say that that yeah, you know, sure. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, myself too. In the flesh. Right? In the flesh. Yeah, who's, who's not tired? Who's not, you know, worn out by last year? But in the Spirit. In the power of God. In the presence of God. In, in our daily recharge, intimacy times, devotional times with the Lord. In our commitment to the Lord. Is there anything that, that, that is impossible without the power of the Holy Spirit? And so if there's a physically a condition... You know, uh, emotionally or, 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 or uh, uh, physically, you know, uh, uh, tired or, or lackadaisical, then my charge to you, you know, is not necessarily more rest, but my charge to you would be to dig in more, to hunker down more, to contend and seek after the presence of God more. Because if the Holy Spirit is on you and if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, man, you're, 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 you have fuel and you have a, a energy and reserves far beyond and, and a perspective far beyond. Uh, 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 you know, what, what our flesh alone or what our minds alone uh, uh, could, could, could uh, support. And so I just want you to see that the movement of God is always through the Holy Spirit of God. The second thing I want you to see this morning, and, and I love this, um, you know, Paul and Barnabas come and uh, uh, they bring the message of, of the Gospel and of Jesus. Uh, they come into the synagogues and uh, after teaching... Uh, in verse 15, it says, Brothers, if you have a word of encouragement uh, for the people, please speak. Um, and then it went on later, uh, as they're giving this message, uh, basically they're saying, you know, as they're reading, as, as they're giving this testimony, as they're teaching about the gospel, uh, people's lives are being impacted. They're being, they're being drawn. Uh, they want to hear more. They want to hear from the word. They want to hear from uh, uh, you know the, the accounts of these scriptures. Um, someone reminded me yesterday uh, that when you look at the you know uh, Book of Acts and the letters, you know we read it in hindsight almost like a story, right? Uh, uh, it, you know we we believe I believe everything that's written here happened in reality, but but it kind of reads like a story, like a nice like a nice narrative. Um, back. In this time and day, this style of writing, this, this journalistic account for account, day for day, name for name, place for place, uh, uh, is really unheard of. It's something we're very familiar with now. You just go to a library and you pull out. But in this time and stage and age, this journalistic type of of, of you know, sort of fact-checking. And, and so you hear names. You know, why do they even mention a name? Why don't they just say this guy or, or this woman? But they're very detailed about places, names, who's ruling, you know, who saw... And, and this is their way of, uh, uh, like, writing a footnote. For example, in the crucifixion of Jesus, you can go to, I think it was Simon, uh, Simon who had carried the cross, was it? Uh, you guys can help me out. It's okay if you don't. Um, but those, are, those, are, those, are, those details are mentioned in the accounts because they're meant to be a very detailed account and journalistic. If you remember even uh, uh, the you know, book of Acts, he's it, writing to Theopolis and saying, hey, I wanted to give you these accounts. And so the reason why it's so detailed and the reasons why he'll say this guy from this town was there when Jesus was crossing by and he he carried uh, the cross a portion of the way. Is that for this time it's supposed to be, because it's a journalistic style, it's supposed to be uh, in our modern kind of context as a footnote. What, what What the gospel is saying is, you don't believe me? why don 't you go to the town that I mentioned and, then, and go to this village and, and, and look up this person and this guy 's an eyewitness account and he can tell you what he saw and so there 's all these details and all these intricacies and, and so it's just it 's actually quite for this time quite revolutionary that they would have this style of, of writing and all for the purpose and the intent of of testifying and Then you have the disciples eventually uh, 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 i think I think uh, uh, all but maybe uh, one of them is, is martyred, uh, giving up their whole life. And so they're, they're, they're proclaiming, and they, and they have this this passion. They have this drive. They have this purpose. You know, they all had jobs before uh, uh, that I'm sure brought fulfillment. They also had Jesus, and they were following him, and, and, and Jesus is building his kingdom. And at the same time, it's almost like, it, it, I just think it's so fascinating, you know. It's, it's, it's this complexity, it's this combination of things, and they're with Jesus, but at the same time, you know, physically, in the flesh, you know, they're making mistakes, they're saying things, and I understand that there's a process of discipleship, there's a process, you know, Jesus loved them, He rebuked them, He corrected them, certain things didn't make sense, but they followed and, and submitted and obeyed anyways, and then in his crucifixion, and then resurrection, and then everything just kind of, you know, clarity, everything kind of made sense, everything came to focus, and then the impartation of the Holy Spirit and then God is continually in a relationship where He's guiding them. God is continually reminding them. You know, of, of all the things that are written, there, there are a handful of places where they say, Well, we better stop here. We couldn't possibly write down all the things you know, that had happened, all the accounts. And, 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 and certainly they couldn't have remembered every single detail of the three years. But then the Holy Spirit comes, and the Holy Spirit brings remembrance. And the Holy Spirit brings revelation of the heart of God. And the same thing for us when we read the scriptures. You know, for however many years you've gone to Sunday school. For how many sermons you've ever listened to. For how many verses you've tried to uh, memorize. As we continually seek in the presence of God through His Word. That gives God the opportunity to bring revelation. And to uh, bring us direction and guidance. And so we need the Holy Spirit. If you're lacking uh, direction... You know, start of the year, you you, you feel uh, uh, tired and and you're lacking passion. Uh, uh, You feel like there's no uh, real focus or direction. You know, every once in a while, I'll catch my thoughts like, you know, what is there to look forward to this year? It's going to be another year like last year. You know, maybe your thoughts have gone there because of travel, because of the vaccine, you know, all those things. And and I want to, you know, encourage you and challenge you. Man, get, get a word, get a wind, get direction from the Lord. He'll, he has specific guidance. He has specific downloads, impartations, specific things you know, that He wants to unlock or reveal in your life. And, and that all in being filled in the Spirit. Um, so where is Jesus? Where is Jesus today? Uh, through His Holy Spirit, He is in you. The presence of God, I mean, that was his plan, that was his goal, to walk in you. I mean, just think about that for a second. At any moment, you have the capacity to just pause with whatever you're doing, wherever you are, and just in that moment say, Lord, I just I just acknowledge you, I come in your presence, Lord, I, I just want to... Uh, Be in fellowship with you, God. Give me a word. Give me a guidance, Uh, uh, Lord. I just, just you know, in the middle of your office, in the middle of your home, uh, in the middle of your walk. You know, there was a girl in in Hong Kong, uh, one of our worship leaders, and uh, uh, you know, she would would be with her non-church going secular. Uh, uh, work colleagues and they would just you know, go lunch. And everyone knows she's a devout believer, everyone knows she's passionate. And sometimes they would walk and she would just be walking after lunch and together with her friends, you know, in, in, you know, in close proximity. And she would just walk and all of a sudden she would just raise her hand and praise her hand and say, Praise Jesus. And you know, her friends, just, I don't know, I guess they kind of got used to it. But just in that moment, at any moment, you just recognize that the presence of God, there's this. There's this other world there's this spiritual realm and we're not just in the physical and, and at any moment we can acknowledge that and just recognize the presence of Jesus in our hearts recognize the presence of Jesus in your home recognize the presence of Jesus in your workplace and so you know whatever emotional conflict whatever strife whether it's, whether it's in the workplace you know a, a, a spout happens up you know between your partner a, a, you know husband or wife or, or your children or a conflict rises up in, in work and in, in the heat of the moment and in those moments you can pause even if it's just 10 seconds, and just acknowledge and say, Lord Jesus, you know, what are you doing in this moment? What are you speaking? Lord, I pray for peace. And there's so many accounts and, and, and places where, you know, uh, uh, emotional things are charged up and people are, you know, about to go at it. And then in that moment, one or someone just acknowledges the presence of the Lord and say, Lord, can you bring peace in this situation? And all of a sudden, there's, a, there's an element of, of, of peace and a presence of God. Uh, uh, you know, Jason gave that account. Uh, uh, last week where you know she had this argument with her mom And, and then she prayed And all of a sudden this supernatural presence It, it just redirects the direction uh, I remember Pastor Dominic uh, from Trinity had come And he was sharing Maybe this was maybe five, uh, uh, maybe 10 years ago actually When I was in Solomon's Porch, Hong Kong And he was getting at it You know uh, with his wife, something was happening, and uh, it just started escalating, and, and there was this, like, this funk in the atmosphere in their car as they were on a drive, and in that moment, he just recognized this is an attack of the enemy, and he just prayed. He said, Lord, let there be peace, and let your presence fill this place, and just like that, the atmosphere lifted, and all of a sudden, both attitudes of him and his wife shifted, and, and, and what would have turned into a conflict or, or, or a fight was, was uh, 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 you know, uh, brought aside, and and um, man, we have the capacity to invite the presence of God in all situations. There's, there's, Listen, there's nothing you're going through right now. There's nothing you're going through in the heat of the moment, no matter how nasty you think it is, that Jesus doesn't want to be a part of. There's nothing where we're in our thought process, you know, as we're, as we're engaging in conflict, where we should think like, well, this is not something Jesus can help with. This is not something that Jesus is concerned with. I don't want to bother him with that. Absolutely not, right? Anywhere where there's conflict and strife, you take that moment and you say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, uh, 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 you know, redirect or, or 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 draw my heart back into alignment with what with what you see and with what you want to do in this situation. Uh, help me to be sensitive to what the enemy is hoping to disrupt or to break or to breach you know, uh, uh, relationships and trust. But Holy Spirit, show me what I can say or what I can do. Do I need to be quiet? Do I, need, do I need to compliment? Do I need to say something nice? Do I need to redirect? Do I need to pause? We need to come back to this later. And, and the Holy Spirit will lead you and direct you and guide you in these things. Um, these guys, these, these people are hungry for more of the Word. They're hungry... They say, please speak more of this word. Please speak more of a word of encouragement. Please continue speaking. At least twice, maybe three times in this account. You can read it again for yourself. They're asking them to come back again and to teach more. These guys are hungry. They're hungry for the word. They're hungry for the gospel. They're hungry for the truth. They're hungry for God. And so, guys, we got to Man, you know, every time we come together. I only got one more message today and tomorrow. uh, uh, But every time we come together. Listen, every time we open up the scriptures. Every time I read a passage. Every time I share. You know, there's like probably 20 things I want to share from the scriptures. But I'll highlight maybe three or four. Every time. And maybe not all three or four are for you. Maybe just one. Or maybe just the thing yesterday. But every time you come. Listen to this, guys. Every time you get up and trouble yourself to come in the morning, whether it's once a week on Wednesday, every time you get up, and, and you're tired from a long week, and, and, and you, you'd rather just kind of watch things online, and you show up for house church, every time you feel like uh, uh, you know, sleeping in, and, and going out, and meeting your friends for brunch, and then you know, watching the service later on, every time you trouble yourself, and come physically in person, and the word of God is open, and the preacher, whoever it is, lay preacher, ordained preacher, church plan—whomever whoever it is, your friend in, in, a, in a Bible study, any time the Word of God is opened, and your intent is to meet with the Lord, and the Holy Spirit is in the mix of it, God can give you a Word that would change your life, that would transform your life. You have to come with that type of expectation. You have to believe. No matter how many times the same passage is read, no matter how many times this, the same t- sermon or title has been read, You have to absolutely believe that God has the power through the Word and through the Holy Spirit to give you a nugget, a truth, a word, a direction for today. It may not necessarily be a one-word, you know, change your life, transformational, like, oh my gosh, that was the most amazing sermon. But if you were to come every day regularly and get a nugget, get a piece, every day get a little bit of direction, every day follow the Lord for what He has for you too, every day pivot because He wants you to, instead of go this way, go this way, in reflection because of what the Holy Spirit is saying you would be on your way and on a path that God has set for you, ordained for you, filled you know, with the Spirit for you, and you would draw near to Him, and you would be blown away. Maybe not all at once, but as you look back, you, you, you look back on how God has been with you, how He's directed you, how this Word helped you here, how that Word helped you there. And so you just have to believe and have faith that every time the Scriptures is opened up and read, and every time our hearts come, that God can speak to you. You gotta get past, listen, you gotta get past, you know, your 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 pastor's face or or you know who your your lay preacher's face or whoever you know your your house church leader. At the ultimate, we're all you know, ultimately we're all facilitators. Right? Ultimately we're all messengers. And the one that transforms, right? Man, I hope you don't pick a house church based on a leader. I hope you don't pick a church based on a on a pastor alone. But at the end of the day, God wants to speak to you, to you through the scriptures. And, and, and the beauty of that is that you can do that every day in the, in the presence of, of, of our Father individually. Uh, uh, you know, It's not to diminish the, the role of the, of the pastor or spiritual leaders. Uh, we certainly help in, in unpacking and, and, and all that. Um, but man, at the end of the day, man, you want to hear from God. Right, you know, you, you could even hear a message. I've done this before, right? Come on, I, I you know, I don't just I didn't just go to SP. I, I grew up in, you know, several churches in different places, right, outside of SP. And you know, I've you know, I've heard speakers like I don't know, I'm not sure exactly what he or she said, you know, and I, but but Lord, what is your word for me? What is what is your takeaway? God, what is it that you want me to see here? Listen, with that type of approach and hunger and attitude, God can speak to you. All the time, anytime, God. What is it that you want me to draw? What is it that you want me to highlight? What is it that you are saying to me today? And when you have that approach and attitude, when you come to uh, any uh, uh, Christ-centered, you know, believers' house church, uh, um, man, God, God, God will see that. God, God won't leave you empty-handed. God will meet meet with you there because you want to meet with Him there. Uh, and so, in some regards. Uh, uh, you know, we put such an emphasis on the quality of the leader or, or the quality of the, of the meeting and, and whatnot, but really the, the, the ball is always in your court. The onus is always going to be on you to come prepared and to come hungry and to, and to seek God in, in that context and God will bring revelation. <laughs> um, uh, I want to say, you know, uh, um, that in 2021, I hope that, uh, you know, as we were activated in 2019, in, in, uh, prophetically as a church, and in 2020, then there was a period of being separated. You know, we, we can't do a whole lot of, you know, ministry time. But I'm really praying that in 2021, that in our house churches, uh, uh, you know, every opportunity we get, even here in EMP, uh, uh, more than I ever have in any of the MPs, I'm, I'm trying to give everyone a, 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 a word of encouragement, a, a prophetic word, or a word of knowledge. Uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to pray, you know, in faith in that. And so I really pray in 2021, uh, we stretch ourselves in that way, make our, our, make room for ourselves in that way, and really just, you know, step out in faith and, and, and pray for people uh, uh, and just really encourage them and give them a scripture or give them a word or give them a picture, something you feel God is conveying on your heart. It, it will always be an encouragement, always be in love. Um, lastly, I just want to close... Um, with this in verse 26. Uh, he, he closes by, by saying, well not closes, but he, at one point he says, Brothers, children of Abraham, and you Gentiles who fear God, it is to us that this message of salvation has been sent. It's some 12 or 13 years later, maybe 14 years, uh, where it went from our faith as Jews, and now the top leadership of the church is saying, to you, the children of Abraham, the Jews, And to you, the Gentiles who fear God. And all of a sudden you start seeing from the top leadership of the church communication and language that is uh, uh, inclusive. And and not just the Jews, but the Gentiles. And and all I want to say to this is that unity is possible. That unity is possible. It it took some time. And it really took the power and movement of the Holy Spirit. And and it was a process. And it took Cornelius and Peter and that account we read a, a couple chapters ago. But here now... You're hearing the top leaders presenting the gospel now couched not just for the people of Israel, but also for the Gentiles. And you see that God is bringing people and their prejudices and their, their preferences and, and, and these things that divided and separated them. He's now bringing them together as one. And this is the, this is the mark of the church. This is the mark of God's presence. And so praise God. I think Solomon's Porch, in in, in one of our regards, in, in one of our witnesses, is the diversity, is the differences, is all the different walks of life. And yet we come together and we praise God and we worship God and we declare to the world that he is one. Amen. Let's bow our heads. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for all your messengers. God, we repent. God, forgive us. Man, how, how ridiculously prideful of myself and, and of others. If anyone has ever said, I didn't like this speaker. Or if anyone has ever said, I don't like this church. Or if anyone has said, I don't like this group. Because the, the only reason why they're coming together is to be with you. The only reason why they're coming together is to be with you. And the only reason why we're here is because of you. And the only reason why we have any inkling or idea or any semblance of that we might even need you is because someone somewhere said, there's this guy, you know, I read in the Bible about Jesus and I may not know him perfectly and I may not, I may not perfectly represent him, but man, he's real, and he's here. And so Lord, we just celebrate and thank you God for your word. God, we thank you for your scriptures. God, forgive us for our pride. God, how could You not speak to us if we humbly come before You? Of course before You were, but even before a preacher, even before a house church leader. As, they're, as the only reason why they're there, as if they're there for any other reason. The only reason why they're there is because they want also to be near to You. And they want to, if they can, in some way, in some capacity, help others to draw near to You as well. And so Lord, thank You that, that Solomon's porch, you know, I have to say... Thank you that they keep coming on Sundays. Thank you, God, that they keep coming on Fridays. Thank you, God, that we're tired. We want to sleep in. And, man, you know, I, I could use a you know, triple dose of, you know, the time away and things like that. But thank you, God. And I'm not the one that, that can give them anything, God. You're, you are their rewarder. God, you are the one that will bless them. God, we strive for excellence. Lord, we thank you that, you know... Even a couple people uh, outside of Pastor Matt on our lay preachers team of their own volition are taking up seminary classes. God, you know, no one, I I never asked them. Lord, the Holy Spirit prompted them. No one, no one ever said anything. God, we thank you. That's you. God, I love it when I, when I want things and think things and I don't even say it because I, but because I know that's your heart. And I know eventually it's going to come to pass and, and Lord, you just, you just make it happen because, because God, I know that's your will. God, you're moving in ways. You're moving in ways in people. You know, on the outside, we see them, and then we judge, and we're so quick to judge. But we have no idea what you're doing on the inside. There's actually layers and layers that you're ministering to and moving in. God, we absolutely have faith in you. God, this is your church. God, we are your people, and you're going to bring us together. And so we thank you for that, God. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. God, we thank you for all the things you have planned for our church, and we thank you for all the things you have planned for every individual in this house in this, in this uh, community. Thank you, Lord. We're so excited. We love your word. God, we're going to get more into your word this year. God, we're going to get more, you know, the Holy Spirit's going to pour out on all of us. God, you're going to move in, in the supernatural. And uh, God, we're just excited. God, I'm excited for 2021. I feel like, uh, you know, like a wet towel. Someone threw a wet towel at me. I'm going to throw that sucker off. Man, I'm pumped. I'm excited for 21. God, you have a lot of things uh, uh, that you have purpose and plan and, and preordained. And God, we're going to claim all of it, God, and we're going to give you all the glory and praise. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.